0: Okay. Uh, okay.
1: Good deal. Good deal. Well, we appreciate the hospitality from Marion Baptist. We've been here enough to feel like family. So, uh, but, uh, you know, he's absolutely right. Preachers ought to preach. And I'm thankful for any opportunity to, when somebody calls me and asks me if I want to preach, the answer is always yes, unless I'm already preaching and I'll have to turn that down. But uh, I don't think we get enough preaching. I, I really don't. I think that preachers need to get preached too. Uh, pastors need a break sometimes they do all kinds of work they do all kinds of things and they take phone calls and listen to people whine and complain and praise and, and I'm just saying what it is I mean like the, the most of the Old Testament's about murmuring it's, yeah. it doesn't happen in the New Testament especially not today does it brother it's always good news isn't it but uh, I'm thankful for any opportunity to get to preach um, I've been preaching since uh, 2006, been walking with the Lord since 1996, and uh, he gets better every day. And, you know, you go through some times when you walk with him long enough, and he's always good. He, he really is. And, you know, you get, you get lessons in the, in the valleys that are not fun, but they're priceless. And uh, if, if you'll stick with him, um, he's always good. My wife wanted to be here tonight, but she doesn't make earwax. And she gets ear infections all the time, and especially when it's windy. In fact, last year, she got an infection so bad she lost hearing, in one of her reasons she, she can't hear, and, you know, that's always fun, and I'm top three loudest persons I've ever met, and she can't hear me sometimes, and oh, she accuses me that I can't hear yeah. her, so, I, you know, it's, it's fun. It's yeah. fun, but she's, uh, she's watching by uh, Facebook tonight, so she heard all of that, and I meant every word. I say things... <laughs> Behind her back that I don't have a problem saying to her face, but uh, we'll be married uh, 19 years in a couple of months, and I praise God for her. Uh, my, uh, two of my daughters are here tonight. My oldest is at Pensacola Christian College, and uh, the Lord's been very good to our family, so uh, I have no complaints, and uh, just, again, I'm thankful to be here tonight, brother. I appreciate any time a, a pastor shares this pulpit, you should take that seriously. Well, we're uh, going to be in Numbers chapter 13. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and I couldn't care any less about what's on the TV tonight. Uh, it's Sunday, and it's the Lord's Day, and it's Sunday evening, and uh, I couldn't care if you care about the football game or not. I'm going to preach so the message is done, and if you miss it, you'll catch up on it later. You'll find out who wins. So. But uh, Numbers chapter 13, we're going to be in verse number, let me turn, that. there we go. Is that better? Alright, I'm gonna uh, we're gonna start in verse number seventeen. Let me pull this down. Seventeen. All right, it says, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they, they dwell in, whether tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was of the first ripe grapes, so they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin and Rehob as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came into Hebron, Amahon, and Shishai, and Talmai, and the children of Anak. Now Hebron was built seven years after Zoan in Egypt, and they came into the brook of Eshcol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bare it between a staff, and they brought the pomegranates and the figs, and the place was called the brook of Eshcol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. Let's pray and ask God to bless this time. Lord, we need to hear from you tonight, and I pray that this message would speak to our hearts, that you would... Uh, remove me from people to see the cross for what it is to see you for who you are, that you 'd cleanse me from any sins, anything that would prevent your message from going forward tonight and help us to not only hear your word but to walk out of this building tonight, learning to love you more and serve you better. We have a a world out there that needs to see Christianity for what it is and uh, for us to be demonstrating that you 're a strong and mighty God, so speak to our hearts tonight, and I pray that if Uh, repentance is due that we would get right and if decisions need to be made that we make them but we would hear from you tonight no more no less just from you help us to put away distractions Pray all this in jesus name amen now this is a familiar story most of us have heard about the 12 spies god promised that he was going to give his children the promised land and he went through great deals of miracles and showing his people what he was capable of you know Back in Egypt, they prayed, it said that they groaned and their cries went up to heaven and God heard them and miraculously delivered him. He prepared a man, Moses, and his brother Aaron, and they went before Pharaoh and pled before Pharaoh and said, let my people go. Pharaoh said no, and then 10 plagues later, Pharaoh finally changed his mind. They saw some miracles in Egypt. You know, it doesn't hail. You know, Egypt is not known for hail. The waters turned to blood. The frogs were everywhere, the lice, the pestilences, the famine. They saw everything. And then God delivers them. Pharaoh finally says, I'm, I, I'm, I can't take this anymore. I miss my firstborn. I miss my son. I can't handle it. Get these people out of my land. And they leave. And this fool asks the dumbest question in the Bible. Why did we let these people go? Um, I know ten good reasons, Pharaoh. Pick me. I can answer this question for you. I know ten real good reasons why you let these people go. And he chases them, and the people get scared. Moses, it would have been better for us to die in Egypt. What do we do? we got the Egyptian army chasing us. Well, God parts the Red Sea. They walk through on dry ground, another miracle. And they're walking through. I don't know what it was like being there, but I think it would have been a phenomenal sight to see water parted, and you're walking through on dry ground, a miraculous thing. God prepared a cloud and a pillar to where the Egyptians couldn't even see the miracle that God was preparing to per, to to protect his children to walk through. And then they go through, and then the children are still complaining. Is there still no graves in Egypt that we hadn't died? You know, I, I would not have been a good Moses because I would have been like, you know, your chariot awaits you. There's 600 of them. Pick whichever one you like, and you can ride it on out of here. They go through on dry ground, and God destroys the egyptian army these are god's children that saw miraculous things and they get to canaan and god tells moses to pick 12 men and go spy the land out then this is the land that i give unto you he says, I give it unto you. He didn't say, I might give it to you. It's a good idea. You'll get it one day. He says, I am going to give you this. And they get to the land, and Moses picks out 12 men, and they go in, and they, they're there for 40 days. Now, <clears throat> I've got 10 points to make tonight. They're going to go pretty fast. If you want to take notes, they're pretty easy to follow. But we're just going to go through this uh, these two chapters pretty quickly and look at some things that took place as this story unfolded. And the first thing that we see is in verse 4. It says that Moses enlisted some recruits. He picked 12 men out. In verse number 4, we have of the tribe of Reuben, Shaphat, the tribe of Simeon, Egal, the tribe of Issachar, Paltai, the tribe of Benjamin, Gadiel, the tribe of Zebulon, Gadai, the tribe of Joseph, Amiel, the tribe of Dan, Sethur, the tribe of Asher, Nabi, the tribe of Naphtali, Gul, the tribe of Gad, and then the last two, Oshea, we better know him as Joshua of the tribe of Ephraim, and Caleb of the tribe of Judah. It says that these men were leaders and rulers of their, these were the best of the best. He says, I want the rulers of those group, those 12 men, step forward, and he says, I want you to go into this land. And this is what I want you to do. These are these enlisted recruits, these 12 men. One well, number 2, we see an employed reconnaissance. He says, "I want you to go and see what the land looks like. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it fat? Is it lean?" By the way, in the in the Bible is the only time you see fat being a good thing. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> not that it might mean something different then, but he says, I want you to go and see what the land looks like. And, and when you get are there, I want you to bring some of the fruits of that land back because I want to see what it looks like. He says, I want you to go and look it out. You know, I, I like to watch this show. It's called Alone, and they drop these 10 people in, in the middle of nowhere. They have 10 items. Have you guys seen that show before? Alone I love it. it's a great show I, I tell I lie to myself and tell myself I could do that. Uh, <clears throat> do you guys do that too, or is that just me yeah I, I i could do that and and they get dropped in the middle of nowhere and they have to look around they they do a recon they it's a what what food sources do I have here? what sort of water sources they have to make it. And I think it's uh, phenomenal that there are some people that can do that. But Moses gives them this chore from God, go into the land. By the way, he never tells them to say if we should go and take it or not. That was never part of the deal. God said, this is the land that I am going to give unto you, undoubtedly. And Moses says to go in there and see what they look like, see what the people look like, see what the dwelling looks like, see what the agriculture and the produce looks like. They go in for 40 days. You know, that had to be a very uh, interesting time for the ones that didn't go in. You know, they're still at Kadesh Barnia. They're waiting for 40 days. You know, what are they seeing in there? You know, I can't wait to get into God's God's uh, promised land. What, it's been so terrible out here in this wilderness. It's been hot. It's been dry. There's dirt. We've seen miracles. I'm like, all these things. Like, I can't wait. To, like, if God can deliver us from all of these, and we've seen how good he is in this terrible part of our life, like, I can't wait to see what the promised land looks like. And they're just sitting there, and they're waiting on this report. What's going to happen? These enlisted recruits, and what are they going to find out? And then they come back. In chapter, in verse number three, I'm sorry, in chapter three, verses 25 through 29, it says that, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days, and they went and came to Moses and Aaron, and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, unto the wilderness to Paran and Kadesh, and brought back word unto them. He says, let me tell you what I found. I've got these huge clusters of grapes. In fact, it took two of us to carry one cluster. That's a big grape. I don't know about you guys, but I've never had to care. Hey, can you help me carry some grapes, please? (laughs) You know, they they saw some fantastic things. They saw walls that were built strong, cities that were fortified. But they saw these giants there. Oh, no. What are we going to do? And I I love the way it reads. Verse, uh, let's see. twenty. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. Everything that God said it was, it is. And by the way, everything God says it is, it is. Amen. We went and we saw exactly what God said we were going to see. We saw exactly what we were looking for, and we can't wait to get it. But that's not all of the, what they had to say. It says, nevertheless, the people strong that dwell in the land of the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and the coast of Jordan. You can you can kind of see how, yes, this land is surely good. It's got wonderful things, that just like God said it was. But then there's these people here, and they're really big, and they're really strong. I don't know what to do. The same people that just saw God deliver them, from all of these miracles. The same people, oh no, what are we going to do? You're going to go into the promised land. That's what God said you were going to do. You're supposed to come back. The question wasn't whether we go forward or not. The question was, is what's there? Those are two different things. So we see these enlisted recruits and their employed reconnaissance and this excellent review. And then we see Caleb With an encouraging request, verse 30, he says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. It's kind of like Caleb can see, man, this is great. God said it's going to be good. We found these grapes, and we found this. It surely flows with with milk and honey. But there's these people, and it's like Caleb's going, No, 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 We, we can go get these things. We can go take this land. We can go, in. there's no reason why we can't. It's almost like Caleb can go, this fool is doubting. What is wrong with And I say fool for a reason because God never said he wasn't gonna give them this land. Right. And if God said something, to doubt that is foolish. Right. I mean, let's call it what it is. Right. He's doubting God, and 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 Caleb knows that a little leaven leaven at the whole lump, and a little doubt makes everybody start going, well, oh yeah. no. You know, Satan got into the Eve and got into Eve's head. And then Adam was a fool too. It's almost like Caleb can see he's going somewhere with this and I don't want to do this. He said that he's still the people. No, 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 no. God never asked, should we go forward? He said, let's go get it. Let's go get it. We've, We've seen the miracles. Look what God did for us. We saw these plagues. And why are you doubting? Yeah, they're big. So God made them. God made that land and created those people that lived there. And just like God created us, he created them, and he can do miraculous things through us, and he can do whatever he wants with them. If God said, do it, then go do it. There's no questions about that. But these people start going, I don't know, there's these giants there. By the way, is it natural to be scared of your enemies that are bigger than you? Yeah. 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 Some of the guys in here are like, no, I'm not scared of anything. You liars. Liars. If you haven't been scared before, you're a psychopath and you need help. And I mean that seriously. But God said, go get it. And Caleb has this encouraging, Chris, let's get it. Like there's a million and a half of us, two million of us. What are they going to do to us? We we have God on our side. If God be for us, who can be against us? You know, the same God in the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. He's not changed. He's not changed. But we get scared. We see things that weren't supposed to be there. Or, you know, oh, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, you're going to obey and you're going to listen. You're going to go forward. Just like when you got scared when the children of Israel were chasing you and you're looking at a Red Sea and mountain range and mountain range. You're going to go forward. Remember all those victories that God gave us? He's still looking out for us. He brought us through all of those things to fulfill his promise. And by the way, it's worth pointing out, God fulfilling his promise to the children of Israel had nothing to do with them. It had to do with the fact that he was honoring and keeping his own word. And God's going to do what he said he's going to do whether you're on board or not. And it's better to bow to him as Savior than as judge. If God said it, then we just need to obey it. So we have these 12 spies that go out. They're looking around the land. And then they come back, and, and Caleb and Joshua are like, yes, let's go get it. It's all ours. And then here comes point number five, the evil report. Here it is. Don't you love Naysayers? Verse 31. But the men that went up with them said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants of the son of Anak, and the come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. We're, we're just little nobodies. They're gonna. By the way, all of us are nobodies, but God is a somebody. Yeah, amen. We're all nobody. That's why we need him. I tell these kids all the time, like, I need the same Savior you do. I get scared of the same things you do. I don't want to be a failure. I don't want to mess up, but it's not to the point to where I'm not going to do something for God. Yeah, Amen. Right. But they see how big, all oh, sudden. I don't know. And it's, it's interesting that the Bible calls it evil. Would anybody call anything evil today that, hey, I want to give you this, well, then here's all. just go get it. And then somebody goes, well, I don't know, because we might have to go through all this and blah, 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 and when. wham, wham. That's all it is. It's whining, but it's evil because it's in direct rebellion of God. It's not only disobedience that, I don't want to go forward because I'm scared. It's, I am not going forward because I am scared. And we've got an entire world out there looking at how we handle our daily lives. And if we're scared and we've got the creator of the universe, the savior of the world on our side, and we're scared of something, then why do they need what we have if it's so great? You, got one, you have two men out of an entire nation going, let's go get it. And everybody else is going, no, we're going we're gonna to die. Yeah. And you got the same people looking at salvation like that today. Well, you know, I'm going to have to give up this, and I don't like all your rules, and I don't like all your legalism, and I don't like the fact that I can't do that, and I don't like the fact that I'm going gonna... it's, to... It's completely wrong. It is a joy to serve the Lord. I like the fact that I can't or, or don't want to do certain things anymore, and I'm thankful that I get to do the things that I do today. It is great to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a gift and a blessing. And if you're saved today, you should be joyful in your salvation. I mean, just happy to come to church and happy to be around other Christians. I hate wet blankets. I hate small-minded thinking. Like, let's do some great things for God. But let's do it. But all it takes is a couple of people going, well, you know, I just, it's too much. And I'm going to have to get, and well, well, bye, get out of the way. All it takes is a few people going, well, you know, hush. Yeah. Yeah. Hush. If God says let's do it, then let's do it. Right. It says that he brings the increase. Yeah. But some of us got a water, some of us got a plant. Yeah. It says that he's white unto harvest. We got too many naysayers. And they need to be Quiet. And I know that sounds mean and harsh. Here's a nicer way. I'd like to invite you to not participate, please. <laughs> Two men are saying, let's go get what God promised. And everybody else is going, yeah, we're just, it, you know what? If you're scared, then let's make an altar and let's pray till so you're not anymore. It's an evil report. It is in direct disobedience to God. It is causing... Doubt and you're a stumbling block to everybody else that wants to go forward. It's evil for a reason because it's doubting God. It's doubting God. And if you're having trouble with your walk, go talk with somebody in private so you're not casting doubt for everybody else. You know, I'd be lying if I told you that I didn't have doubts sometimes and I was scared of some things and I went through some difficult times and it made me wonder about people and things and what's going on in my life. But I'm also wise enough to know what my Bible says that I don't want to be a stumbling block to somebody else. And just because I'm having trouble going on with what's me, I don't want to cause somebody else to mess up. Yeah. And if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It ought to scare you to death whatever decisions you make that could ruin your child's life. The only thing worse than going to hell is watching your kids follow you. If God says something's going to come, then let's go get it. And if you're having trouble finding the the boldness and the courage which Moses told him to begin with to be strong and of a good courage because he knows that we look at things and go, I don't know. And we forget how good God is. Like, mirac- I sit here and think, they just saw an ocean parted. They saw plagues that affected the people right next door to them and didn't affect me. Yeah. Like, that's, that's phenomenal. But we forget. If you're saved today, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. That's a miracle. God saving a sinner is a miracle. Yeah. And I'm a saved sinner. That's miraculous. And then I start doubting. And I'll, I'll look back at those ones like, what is wrong with me? Right. But you've got a problem if you have the paralysis of analysis. I don't know. They're bigger than we are. And they're tall. And they're strong. And So? Just because somebody's big doesn't mean they're going to mess with you. And who says they're not scared of your God? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, when Jonah got thrown off the boat... Those other mariners were probably scared to death because they just saw God rocking their world. Jonah got thrown off the boat and then it was still. Those mariners saw the real God that day but didn't want it because of Jonah's poor testimony. I'm running from God in rebellion and ruining my testimony. Or is that just me? You know, God gives promises, then we can stand on those promises. It's not based upon our understandings because his ways are higher than our ways. And he has no right to have to explain to us why we have to do the things that we do. We're just supposed to obey. It says, what is it? Uh, Obedience is the, the greatest form of love. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He didn't say, if you understand my commandments, do it. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So It's pretty simple. When we try to start figuring out what God thinks, then we become real theological and real pharisaical. It's better to just obey. (laughs) It's better to just obey. These 12 men, they go out, these enlisted recruits, they come back with an excellent review. And Caleb gives this encouraging request, let's go get it. And then the children of Israel give this evil report. And then let's turn over to chapter 4, verse 1. You see an emotional response. Chapter 14, verse 1, it says, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God had died in this wilderness. You know, they're sitting there crying and having a pity party. Oh, we might die, even though God said it's a good thing. Yeah. We're going to evangelize, but oh, somebody might not like me. Well, who cares? Yeah. The gospel is offensive. Yeah. That's why they killed Jesus. Right. Amen. It's supposed to offend them. Right. The gospel offends sinners, whether they're saved or not. The Bible tells me that I sin and I can get right with him, or I can get bitter and wicked and evil. But they sat up and cried, oh no, there's these people in there that I haven't even seen. I don't even know what they look like. And these 12, these 10 guys said that they're going to hurt me. Wah, wah, wah. We don't have martyrs that are pansies. And we need people today that are as bold as any pride rally you can think of. People are proud of everything today but God. And his people are just sitting on the sidelines sucking their thumbs. And, and, and I will go a little bit further. The ones that are in the congregation telling those that want to be bold and courageous, well, you're causing problems. People, you're just going to bring attention to us. Hush. Just because your God is small doesn't mean mine is. And if you don't, if you've got a problem in your walk, don't let it affect mine. And please don't let it affect this congregation. One to two million people were influenced because a handful said, well, you know, they're bigger than we are. Am I making sense tonight? You know, if you turn the TV on, like, there's there's rules and legislation. I, I think it's, it, it's laughable that people think the ones pushing for special legislation to make you like their lifestyle is going to make them feel better about it. I just need you to like my lifestyle so I can feel a lot more miserable about it. Yeah. <laughs> Laws don't make people happier. Right. I mean, if God's people having God's promises still can't get joy and happiness, what do you think? legislation that legalizes sin is going to do for our culture. It's only going to make it worse. But the blacker the night, the brighter the light. We, ha- we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We have something special. Our God is able to do whatever he wants, and he says that I am with you always, always. What what greater promise do we need that the creator of heaven and earth, the sun, the moon, and the stars, our breath, our hearts, our bodies is in control of everything. We don't need anything else. But the church lets a few people dictate the decisions of the whole. And that's shameful. Shameful. Sometimes church people are the absolute worst because we get real theological and pharisaical in how we articulate, well, you know, it's just not safe to go and die. (laughs) Or or does that just happen in the Old Testament? (laughs) You know, Peter got real scared, didn't he? I know not the man. When that cocked through the third time, things got real because he remembered isn't it amazing when God tells you what you're going to do before you do it and it's all like all of a sudden he knows us. Like, well, how did he know that? Yeah. Oh, he only created us. He only fashioned you in, in the womb and made you the way that you think, the way that you are, how tall you are, how short you are, how good looking you are and how ugly you are. Like God knows everything about us and we get, we just doubt him because things get a little, well, it's not as easy as I just wanted it to be. Yeah. And then it's worse when, When we fight and we bicker, we can't get along. Let's go get a mountain. Well, you know, we might have to hike and we might get some, you know, some blisters on our footsies and stuff. like. Well, and we don't conquer things and we don't move forward. And all it does is cause strife and Satan gets another foothold because we can't make up our minds. Two men wanted to go do something on God's promises and the rest of the congregation is... Well, no, I don't think we should do that. It's an evil report and this emotional response because they're up crying and worrying all night, doubting what God said he was going to do. Yeah. He says, this is the land that I'm going to give you. You should be rejoiceful, rejoicing and glad in it because this wilderness that's been terrible and all the things that you've had to come through, I'm getting ready to bless you and give you something special and you're up crying all night about it like a bunch of crybabies. And then they get real excited. Verse number 4, there's an, or, uh, yeah, verse number 4 in verse 14, it says, and they said once another, let us make a captain. All of a sudden, they're going to they're gonna get a, a company going and go back to Egypt. I don't like it here. I'm going to go back through this same terrible wilderness, back to this same awful slavery that I groaned and cried because I didn't want that. But we get real comfortable in familiarity. It's terrible, but I know what's going to happen. I can just deal with it. Yeah. You know, Pharaoh doesn't like me, but he feeds me. The guards don't like me and they beat me, but I know that I'm not going to die because if I'm dead, then they have to do the work. And and, and I say this, and and please don't take this the wrong way at all, okay, because I do understand, but I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a house on a call for service and somebody's been beaten within an inch of their life and they won't leave a significant other. Because there's security and familiarity. Oh, it's terrible, but I know what to expect. We fear the unknown more than we do the familiar. Oh, I know what's happening in Egypt. I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know what's going to happen in Canaan, but I know what Egypt offers me. It's a place to sleep. Somebody's going to take care of me. Somebody's going to feed me because if I die, they got to do the work. But God's promises, oh, but there's big people there. Like, we just make up dumb stuff to be scared about. Right. And I know that's harsh and that's mean, but it's the truth. And it's natural to be scared of things. Yeah. But God says repeatedly, be strong and of a good courage. Because it's going to be scary. It's going to be difficult. But he is, he has come that he may give us life, and my life more abundantly. Are we going to trust him or are we going to doubt him? And they get mad. Uh, uh, they want to they stone him. The children of Israel start playing in this outward rebellion. They, they want to get together, form this little uh, this group, and let's go back to Egypt. It's rebellion. You know, God saved me from this terrible lifestyle that I was living and immersed in, and then I want to go back to it. Right. God saved me from an addiction, and I want it again. God saved me from a bad relationship, and I want to go back to it yeah. because it's familiar. Do I want hard times, and I don't know what's going to come of it, or do I want that same miserable lifestyle, and I'll just get used to it and deal with it later? It's presumption. Who says God's going to rescue you? All the children murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. Oh, we just want our sinful lifestyle back. We want to live in bondage and live in slavery. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be prey. These men throwing in the, oh, it's our wife and our kids. No, you're just scared. You know, dads, when you come to realize that God loves your wife and your children more than you ever could, and he's safer in their hands than in yours, life gets a lot easier.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Verse 4, and they said to another, let us make a captain, and the Sword return to Egypt. And then we see this exhibited rebuke. Verse 5, Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before God in the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. Renting their clothes says, I don't like what you're saying. I don't want to have anything to do with what you're saying. And it's so disgusting and so distasteful that I'm going to rent my clothes because we should be ashamed of what you're talking about. It's shameful what we're doing. God said that he was going to give us this land that we just need to go possess it. And you're talking about going back to Egypt. What is wrong with you? You're spitting in God's face, and I want to have nothing to do with you. (coughs) Do we have disagreements today? Was the last time we just put our foot down and said, let God be true and every man a liar? Sometimes you just need to say, you know what, this is wrong. I don't want to have any part of it. And, 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 and stake your claim and get out of there. Joshua and Caleb are watching these, this, these people spit in God's face in rebellion. and not any, Nobody else was saying a word. Where was Moses and Aaron doing? Oh no, I don't. I, it doesn't say what they were doing, but they weren't standing up for what God said He was going to do. You know, in, in in Exodus fourteen, He was saying, St- "Stand still and see the Lord fight for. He shall fight for you." Where was that Moses? I got an eleven day journey back to Egypt. And Caleb rinses clothes. Joshua rinses clothes. So I don't have anything to do with what you're saying. I don't, I don't like what you're talking about. I don't want to be part of what you're doing about. I'm ashamed of it. And you should know better. In an entire nation, they're just getting madder and madder and madder Adam, You see their enraged reaction in verse number 10. It says, but all the congregation bade stone them with stone. They were so mad they wanted to kill Joshua and Caleb. These are the only two men that were willing to stand up and proclaim God's promises and say, I want what he has for me, and I want to go get it. He's going to take care of me. He loved me, and he is able to take care of all of these so-called enemies, and let's go. And they want to stone him. We eat our own. It's terrible. It's awful. Like, let's go to, what does the Bible say about this? How do I speak? How do I dress? How do I worship? How do I sing? How do I pray? How do I study? And we're sitting here trying to make things. Let's go do what God says to do. And God's people are going, well, you know, we're just a little scared. Well, join the club. <laughs> join the club. Like it, it's scary stepping out in faith for God sometimes. You know, Daniel wasn't real excited looking at a den of lions. Yeah. He wasn't having a party down there. While Stephen was getting stoned, he wasn't having a good time, but he he was singing praises. We want it to be easy you got the children of Israel sitting on the side watching Goliath run his mouth for 40 days. Nobody does anything. They're scared. Oh, he's so tall. Where well, God is bigger than he is. God made him. Yeah, right. The God that delivered me out of the hand of the lion is going to deliver me out of this. The God that delivered me out of the hand of the, uh, of the bear can deliver me from this guy. Go out there and get it. And as soon as he stepped out there, he kills Goliath, cuts his head off, and then charges the enemy. And the children of Israel going, we just won. And then they followed him you got two men here saying, this is a good land. Let's go get it. We can possess it. We are able to do it. Let's go do it and claim God's promises. And everybody else is going, well, you know, rebellion. And two men are standing up for what God wants, and they want to stone him. Again, somebody needs to tell those people to hush. Because you're sitting there watching them reject God and rebel. And, and, and these men, that, these, are, these ten leaders swayed an entire nation. Uh, men can be wrong. The best of men are men at best, and they can be wrong. And let's, it's important to know what God said. Caleb and Joshua said, God's going to give this to us. Let's go get it. And these other ten were going, no. And everybody else was going, yeah, I, I believe. Well, there's ten of you saying it. Well, the majority doesn't always rule. Right. <laughs> you know, we're, our, our political state is because of a majority rule. Yeah. God is not for democracy. What he says goes. That's right. And it didn't end there, though. So you see this rebuke from Caleb and this enraged reaction with the children of Israel. And my final point tonight, you see Elohim's rejection. You know, Elohim is, means strong. It's another name for God. It is the most frequently used Hebrew word for God. It refers to God as creator and ruler and refers especially to his power and authority. Nobody questioned God. He makes the rules. He said, this is a land that I am going to give to you. Go possess it. Elohim is speaking here and he says, go get it. And he says, go spy out this land and bring them back the report. And then you're going to go forward. And everybody else starts talking about no, 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 no. And God is love. He is. He loves us so much that he gave his son for us and he loves us so much. He chastens us and he loves us so much to get our attention. And when God speaks in the Old Testament, like He's, let's just read it. Verse 20, verse 20. It says, and the Lord, let me back up a little bit, okay? So God intervenes after they hear that we're not gonna go forward. And God intervenes and talks to Moses and said, I am tired of, I'm paraphrasing here, I am tired of these people doubting me. I am tired of people second-guessing me. I have done all these things for them, and they continue to not listen to me. They doubt me. They don't want to go forward. They want to make all these excuses. I'm tired of them. I am ready to destroy them. And Moses, Lord, if you do that, then everybody else is going to say that you weren't able to take it. So Moses speaks on behalf of these knuckleheads that are ruining his blessing. And God goes, okay, I'll spare them. Verse 20. Uh, And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. Because Moses spoke on their behalf. I'll listen to you, Moses. But as truly as I live, the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me thou these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because there had another spirit with him, had followed me fully, him, will I bring him into the land? So God's saying, I am going to keep all of you out of here except Caleb. And they wasted the next 40 years wandering around in the wilderness, one one year for every day they spent seeking out the land. He kept them out, and if you read on, God says everyone's going to die 20 years and older. For the next 40 years, it took all of those men, 20 years and older, to die. And then finally, he would get get into the promised land. You know, we're going to waste a lot of time when we doubt God. And not only when we doubt God and we rally other people to doubt God and rally other people to rebel against him and rally other people to disobey him, you're going to waste not only your life and their life, and it's going to destroy them. And if you've ever made a mistake, you've ever backslid, and if you've seen the results of that not only affect you but your family maybe even your kids you know exactly what i'm talking about and these young teens these teen, they're not the future of the church they are the church and they're watching us and what we do and they're watching who's saying, let's go get something for God. And they're also watching those that are going, well, you know, we might not want to do that because I don't feel like it. Well, when 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 your feelings have nothing to do with this, I think feelings are great. God gave them to us. And sometimes they're nice. But if they run you, then and it's in opposition to God, then you are wrong and you should sit down and be quiet. And I say that as lovingly as you can say that. But if you're doubting God and want to rebel God, then you should sit down and shut up. That's mean and that's ugly, but that's Bible. Because we sit here and watch the next 40 years, they wandered around the wilderness when it didn't have to be that way. They rejected a land of milk and honey that they saw. They, Twelve men saw the promises of God, what he was going to do for them, and then went back and said, no, nah, it ain't that great because there's some people there that, you know, they might not like us. Not They don't like us. They might not like us. And if God can do, overthrow the Egyptian army, the strongest army at that time, then the Amalekites have got nothing on me. The Amorites have got nothing on me. The Jebusites have nothing on me. The Hittites have nothing on me. While they may be able to beat me, they can't beat Elohim. And I just... It, You look at what some people are are, are ruining for the church today, and I see it affecting our kids and and, and how the church is going to move forward is what we do with God. Either he's God or he's not. And if he's not God, then you should be ashamed of your idolatry. He's a good God. He loves us. He created us. He made us in his image. You were fashioned with a reason for a purpose. Everything about you is made for a purpose, and it is for you to glorify and honor and obey him. Let us hear the conclusion of the matter, to fear God and keep his commandments, even up to your life, because it's not yours to begin with. And I'm not angry tonight, I just look like this, but I just, I, I want so much more for God's people. And I just see things that, just, we're, we're ruining God's blessings because we just get scared. And he tells us to be of strong and of a good courage. And he tells us that because he knows that we're not going to want to be courageous sometimes. He knows that we're going to be, the Bible says it, it's possible to be weary and well-doing. But that's not an excuse for disobedience or rebellion. God loves you and does want to bless you. And he wants to bless you because you love him enough to obey him. And I'm just dumb enough to believe that if God tells me he's going to do something in my life, if I just do it, he's going to work out the details. He doesn't ask us to figure it out. He tells us. If you're saved, you have some requirements. And there are some weak Christians out there that would call that legalism. When I have a job and they tell me that you can and can't do this, that's not legalism. That's requirements. And if God expects things from his children, it's not up, for, up to us to try to reason with him. It's up to us to just, okay, Lord, I'm going to submit to you. I love you. I trust you that if you can take care of my eternity, then you can take care of my next five minutes. Yeah. Amen. But decades go by. Four decades went by. Because of ten cowards. 10 cowards because they got a little scared. Caleb and Joshua saw the same things they did. You know, the vulture and the eagle have the same vantage point. They're just focused on different things. God's able. He gave us a great commission. He says to go preach, teach, and baptize. And if you're called to preach, preach. If you're called to teach, teach. And if you're not teaching, you're still giving lessons. Yeah. Your obedience speaks louder than any of your words, and your disobedience. Speak louder. So let's just trust God. Like, He's coming back for us one day, and it's going to be too late, and our work for God is going to be done. And, and what's even more sad is some people are going to sit in the church, hear a gospel message, they're going to reject Him, and then it's eternally too late because I want to disobey Him. He says, In me, I, I give you eternal life. And if you don't believe and trust in me, your my wrath is already on you. I don't know about you, but I don't like living under wrath. Yeah. I don't like living under God's. Uh, uh, <laughs> we are not appointed unto His wrath. I'm so glad I'm saved, and I don't mean that cocky and conceited. I'm just because I've have read Revelation. It's not a, it, it's not a good time, yeah. but I'm thankful I'm not going to be here until we come back on the horses. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a cowboy, but I'm looking forward to riding that horse when we come back and we defeat Satan. Let's just obey him. Like, what what does your pastor want for this congregation? Let's get on board, and let's go get this promised land that he's instructing Brother Rudy to take you into. Now, I'm not saying that just follow him blindly, but not in a spirit of doubt or disobedience. Like, check your attitudes and your preferences and your opinions at the door. What does God say, and can we trust him to do it? He's not going to walk you into sin. And if he does, I'm sure he expects you to say something to him. Yeah. We are our brother's keeper, yeah. but not at the point of where we miss out on God's blessings. Yeah. This nation suffered for 40 years because 10 cowards swayed an entire nation and wanted to kill the only two that were obedient enough and loved God enough to not fear man. Yeah. So what are we doing tonight? Are we going to be obedient or are we going to be disobedient? Are we going to trust God? And if, we're, if you're in here tonight and you're in a situation where you're going through things and you've got to make a decision and you're doubting God, stop arguing with yourself. And I don't mean that as that simple, but it really is that simple. Let's just trust him. And if you don't know, get some godly counsel and figure out if we need to move forward. But if God, it's a promise of God that we can claim and we can point to it and read it in scripture, then let's stand on it and leave everything else alone. Let's do something for our Savior. Let's preach. Let's teach. Let's evangelize. Let's be, have a good testimony. Let's love each other in the church. And if you can't get along, hug, kiss, make up, get it under the blood, and let's move forward. A house that is divided will not stand. This nation was divided until the naysayers won over. And then 40 years later, testimonies and lives are ruined and lost. That's my time tonight, brother. I'll hand it off to you.
0: Lord, bless our services and our invitation time. The Lord may have been speaking to you about something through that message. There's a lot there. Uh, and he did a good job explaining all that. It's good to know that uh, God has always f- wants good for us. God never wants evil for us. But Sometimes we, because of our faith, it may not be as strong as it needs to be, and we start doubting. There may be something in your life that you're thinking about or something you're going through or about to go through, you think you're going to go through, and you're not sure exactly how everything's going to work out. God never gives us all the answers, but he just wants you to step out by faith and believe whatever does happen is God's will. And, let, and turn it over to God. Maybe may be something on your heart today that you need to just turn over to him and let him take care of. Whatever the need is, we'll pray right now. Father, thank you for the time we have here today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the message. Help us, Lord, to grow in grace and grow our faith that we can be more like you every day. Help us, Lord, at things that we go through, things we may go through soon, that we'll just live our life by faith and realize that you've taken us this far. You're going to take us all the way to the end. Help us remember that help us anything that's on our mind today that we need to turn over to you and we ask this in jesus name amen as we pray for one another if you would like to come to the altar and pray altars open if you want to stay where you're at and pray that's fine too but let's let god have his way whatever he's speaking to you about turn it over to him right now